Hello, it's Oliver Wong with another mini episode devoted to your mailbag questions. These submitted through our Heat Rocks Facebook group from Holly Flanagan. She had made this suggestion, quote, I'd like to hear you go through your old written reviews and see if you're still feeling the same, unquote. I love the question, so thank you, Holly, but I also dreaded actually having to answer it. Different writers, I think, have very different philosophies about how they perceive their earlier, older work. And in general, while I think I've been very pleasantly surprised at times by some of my older writing, there's just as many cases where I've been embarrassed by it. Not so much because of the opinions I stated back whenever, but really just in terms of the choices that I made as a writer at different points in my career. There's certainly turns of phrases where I know in hindsight, at least, I was trying way too hard to be clever, and it just didn't work, at least not in hindsight, uh, or cases where I would lean too heavily on nondescriptive cliches as a way of avoiding having to find something more direct or articulate to say about a particular idea. This said, I don't think I have a lot of cases where my opinion about something has radically changed just because of the passage of time. And I think this partly has to do with the old adage about the importance of first impressions. If I thought an album was mediocre back in the day, it's unlikely that I will have done some kind of 180 on that opinion years later. I think it's possible. I just think it's it's rare that this happens. It's probably more common that albums I liked once haven't necessarily aged well. And so If I'm going to make any kind of change in my opinion, it would be perhaps towards the negative. But to take Holly's question, uh, certainly at face value, I did go back. And in this case, I decided to go back to the year 2000, since it's 20 years ago, nice round number, and look at the different reviews I wrote back in the year 2000. And yeah, it it was kind of painful at times to look at some of my writing from them for the reasons I just talked about a moment ago. But mostly what I was interested in looking at was to see if my opinions had shifted uh, both on albums that I had reviewed more negatively versus more positively since then. And as due diligence, I went back and re-listened to those albums. One example, and this is an album that I gave a less than stellar review to back in 2000, was Dilated People's debut LP, the platform. Hey, yo, the platform. Watch the stormtrooper swarm. The death stars more than the devilish dawn. It's where evil and the force manifest their form. It's no good without bad and no night without war. It's relativity, balance, stability. It's creativity, talents, ability. What I wrote back then was, quote, while consistency is often a virtue, in the case of dilated, they turn it into a fault, unquote. And I go on further to say that the platform for all of its individual strengths, quote, never hits any kind of synergy as an album, unquote. And listening to the album again now, I mostly feel the same way. I think there are great individual songs on here, and a song that I did not appreciate enough back then was The Shape of Things to Come, which features AC Alone from Freestyle Fellowship. Yo, I'm the openest of oceans, I'm a river and stream. A crystal clean lake, yo, the essence is steam. The form of a luminescent bright light fluorescent. You got light? Don't wait till it's dark to ask questions. I've been sparking in sessions and blessing my... Overall, though, I still think this album gets to be rather monotonous, especially across 16 songs. 
As I wrote back then, quote, listening to these hip-hop devotees talk about hip-hop is the musical equivalent of standing between two opposing mirrors, unquote. And ultimately, I suggest that this album, this is an album of, quote, very limited scope, unquote. I suppose if I were to rewrite this, one of the changes I would have made was to take the word very out of very limited, because maybe I was being a little overly harsh with that. But overall, I did not come away from the platform in 2020 thinking, oh yeah, I totally got it wrong back then. By the same token, in hindsight as well, a similar album that I gave a uniformly positive review to was MOP's Warriors. What I wrote back then was, quote, it's easy to understand why many love to hate them, but equally clear why many simply love them. When's the last time any album had you amped up enough to start bar fights? I still love the sheer energy of MOP on this album, but musically, especially for a 20-track album, I don't think it holds up as well now as it did then. There's a slew of songs here that I would skip past today for being very similarly monotonous in the same way that I felt about some of the Dilated People songs. But now all this said, my favorite songs off of this album are still some of my favorite MOP songs of all time, including Roll Call. In the year 2000. Uh, yeah. Boy, boy, still banging. Uh, Fire is walk, the last in the race. Hey, 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 hey. Uh. So in summation, maybe I was a bit too harsh about Dilated Peoples. Maybe I was a bit too generous to MOP. But bottom line, I felt what I felt back then. And I think it would be unfair to 27-year-old Oliver to have 47-year-old Oliver second-guessing my own judgment from back then. But once again, thank you to Holly for that question. That trip down memory lane was kind of painful, but it was a great question. All right, second one that I'll answer for this episode comes from Philip Merritt, who was asking about uh, a focus on a session musician. And I had an instant answer to this, and that would be drummer James Gatson. He is easily one of the most prolific and important session drummers in American pop history. He has something like at least 700 credited appearances, and even that's an underestimate because on many albums, session players were never credited. If you're not familiar with Gadsden, and you should get familiar with him, he's great. He got his start with the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band, and he wasn't just the group's drummer, he was also a key singer and songwriter. And in fact, a few of my absolute favorite songs by the group are ones that he helped to both write and sing. And this includes A Dance, A Kiss, and A Song, which was originally featured on the group's Together album from 1969. Have you ever thought you had a love way down deep in your heart and soul? And you swore by all the stars and moon up above, baby, that this is it, I know, yeah. 
a couple years after that, he wrote and also sang on What Can You Bring Me, which was featured on the group's final album together, You're So Beautiful. Gadsden had a, a brief, very brief solo recording career uh, after that, and that included a pair of singles that he released on the imprint Cream, my favorite being a 1972 single that he co-wrote and sang on entitled Good Vibrations. Into my life, you brought that charm and sunshine, you blew my mind, but now I Unfortunately, his solo career never took off, and I always thought that was just a missed opportunity for everyone because the singles at least were great. Of course, he did not have too shabby of a plan B career as a session player because he became almost instantly, after leaving the Watts 103rd, he became an integral part of Bill Withers' band, beginning with the Still Bill album. He was the primary drummer on Marvin Gaye's I Want You, and the number of credits he racked up just in the 1970s alone is absolutely staggering. You can name practically any major R&B artist of that era, and he probably recorded with them at some point. He's still doing session work today, and as recently as D'Angelo's Black Messiah album from a few years ago, he's still getting his writing music credits in as well. So yeah, check out James Gatson and take a listen to those solo singles. There's only really about three or four songs that he taped by himself. But the stuff that he did, as I said before, for the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band, I think are fantastic. And even though Charles Wright is the group's band leader and lead vocalist, I actually think that Gatson's the better singer between the two of them. You can listen and decide for yourself, though. Thanks again to Philip for his question. And... Like I said before, I'm going to keep doing these as long as I can keep it up. So if you have other questions, just come find it. Come find the thread on the Facebook group for Heat Rocks and post your suggested mailbag question there. And maybe I will pluck it out and answer it for next week. Thanks. As always, this is Oliver Wong for both Soul Sides and Heat Rocks. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.